0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Billiou, and I'm here with my lovely wife Lisa who I got to spend basically the last 10 days with. Happy it's New been Year. amazing. Happy New Year 2019, indeed. baby. Yeah, buddy. One day that's going to sound ridiculously outdated. <laughs> but right now it sounds futuristic.
1: Yeah. Happy New Year to everyone listening yes. and hope that they've got, um, great, incredible plans for 2019. Indeed. Um, and we have a review of the week that you're it. going to read All right, this time. Here we
0: go. I've been enlisted to read this. All right. The first one is from G dimes is what it looks like i love impact theory but by far the most helpful and applicable to my life are the relationship theory podcasts. it's so insightful to hear how two successful people work to create a healthy partnership and share tips on how i can integrate pieces into my own life this has been such a game changer in my relationship and one of my favorite things to do each week is to listen to relationship theory with my partner and discuss areas of our relationship that we can improve on Tom and Lisa are so relatable and we often laugh about how similar we are to them. We need more people talking about how to sustain healthy relationships and this is such a good listen. Definitely recommended to couples looking to reflect and dive deeper into the ins and outs of their relationship. That's a good one.
1: Nice. I like that. Thank yeah. you for that. Thank you. And um, in case you guys don't know, we are now reading out weekly reviews. Um, that is definitely one place that we're really, really gunning for is more reviews, more comments. Yeah, it helps
0: us get in front of more people. So if you want to talk about climbing up the rankings. And we have a 2019 goal. I want to get the podcast into the top 100 podcasts on all of iTunes. That would be amazing. And the way that we're going to do that is by getting in front of more people. And so it'd be super helpful. So if we've added value, that would be an amazing
1: Yeah, rate and review, rate nice. and review. Um, and another thing for Relationship Theory for 2019 is we are thinking about possibly bringing it back to YouTube. Mm, um, so, so I'm not sure how we find out from people if they want it on YouTube or not, but that is something that we're planning to do um, coming up. We haven't really said yeah, anything yet, but stay tuned, yes. All right, um, without further ado. Uh, yeah, let's answer the first question. All right, this is from Dylan which Witt- 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 I'm wondering how I can encourage my significant other to begin with self development. I know how much it has impacted my life, but she is seemingly fully content with being average. Well, I want everything life has to offer. I'm extremely happy with her, but I'd just love to be able to grow ourselves together. What can I do? It's so fascinating that this is one of those questions that we get a lot mm-hmm. is how do I help someone in my life um grow yes. because yeah.
0: Well why'd you start?
1: Oh you I was, oh I was just gonna say because you know for us it really has we've had to navigate in sometimes where I'm um, if I've been struggling like you're trying to help me get through it but ultimately like it has to be done by that person so how do you make someone feel supported and at the same time at the same time encourage them to get better or do better?
0: Yeah so this question haunts my dreams because there are people that I love very much that I have just been unable to get them to want it. And so over the years, I've been beaten down and realized that without dedicating my entire life to that person, I just can't want it for people. And I only put the caveat of without dedicating my life because I need to believe that if I dedicated my entire life to it, that I could pull it off, but that would clearly be a waste Mm -hmm. of my energies. And so I've devoted myself to the people um, putting it out there for the people that want it can come and partake. Now, that isn't a good answer when it's a relationship. That's, that's the hard part. That's why this question is like, it, I so want to give a compelling answer. But here is the truth of what I know about human nature. The only thing that you can do is be an insanely good example for that person so that they see that you have joy in moments that they do not have joy, that you are impervious to something that they find devastatingly stressful or anxiety producing. And you're able to weather those storms by um, being very calm through some of that. And I, I think one, I never want to take credit from you. You are extraordinary and you want it for yourself and I've never wanted it for you. Um, you've always been the driving force of that. Now, Having said that, I think that I naturally started on the journey a little bit before you. I started mm-hmm. reading and researching the mind and everything before we even met. And that was probably one of the things that you gravitated towards was it made sense to you that I was doing those things. So there was no need for me to convince you on that. So I, I don't want to take that away. But I think that the reason that um, that you gravitated towards the way that I was was I had Um, emotional equilibrium in times where you were very stressed out or something would knock you off. And so it was like, okay, how are you staying even keel through all of this? And knowing that that's a big thing, that that's going to draw people to you, that's huge. And then the other is when I really think back to what you and I did to influence each other massively, it is reward and punishment. And there's, I almost don't want this to be true, even though I know that that people move towards what they want more of and they move away from things that they don't. And so that, that is a reality. And you and I were naked in showing our pleasure and displeasure. And that is how you shape somebody. And the reality is <laughs> I can already feel the like pushback that we're going to get on this, but it is the truth.
1: And that's the thing that like, I was going to say is that people do it to each other all the time. They just don't admit it.
0: Yeah. 100%, yeah. right? Sure.
1: It's like, okay, you want to do something nice for someone, like to make them feel good. Like let's say a woman on her, on her partner's birthday, the, the chances are they're going to give them sex, right? Let's just call a spade a spade because they're like, it's going to make him happy. So we know we as in humans, not just women, we know exactly how to play the other person. We just don't want to actually admit it and say it out loud. And what we've done is actually Admit it, say it out loud and use it together to really shape who we want as a partner and then what we want as a couple with no like I actually think that it's the secretiveness that makes it bad. Right. It's like I see your tactics every time you do it and I admire them and I respect them and every time I see them. I'm like, good play, Mr. Binu, because, yeah, yeah y- you've given me what I'm looking for. So you've encouraged me to do it more.
0: And I think it's very important to say that I told you from the jump that the only um game that I'll ever play with you is that I'll be completely transparent. So the only mm, exactly. um, manipulation that I'll use is that I'll tell you when I'm manipulating what? you. Why? Because I never wanted you to feel that the unseen hand on the chessboard. And in my life and business, the one lesson I learned is even though there are definitely times where you can position people and even when it's for their own good, you can position them in a way where they're going to grow and do the things that they need to do and all that. If they don't know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it, it just makes them uneasy. Yeah. And so always telling each other, Hey, here's what I'm doing. I want like, li- now I'm going to not use words like we use. I'm going to use the actual words. Hey, I love that when you do that. It makes me feel X, Y, Z way. I want to see more of that. So I want to make sure that I'm giving you the praise and attention that you need for that thing. And even asking, like, what is that? Like, what would you Mm -hmm. like receive? I hate that word, but like, what would you receive and really hear and understand if I were to do that right now? And so, for instance, something that's very meaningful to you that I never would have known if you hadn't just told me is... Make me heat up the hot water for me every morning. That was super meaningful to you. It made you feel um, appreciated and all- Cool. Well, then I'm going to make sure that I do that. And then what are the things that I want that are meaningful to me that make me right. feel loved and cared for? Um, oh, God, I've, I have long held back on this confession um, on the show, which is funny because I would talk about this privately with absolutely no hesitation oh, whatsoever. I'm curious now. The way that you got me to be interested in shopping. Oh, <laughs> was I would get to go in the changing room. And so that for me was when they would let us, obviously. That for me was always fun. Yeah, I, I love seeing you try on sexy clothes. I love um, seeing you uh, naked. You know, so it was like, that was how you got me excited. So then it was like, oh, I want to pick out clothes that I want to see you try on. So that became like how. We like you would just say very expressly like, hey, come in the changing room with me so that we can make this a sexy moment for you. And then I was like, well, shit, like if we're going to be doing that, then, yeah, I'm fully on board. So, and the
1: same when you're trying on clothes, I know what words will make you feel good about yourself, right? If I said like, "Oh, baby, you look so cute in that," there's no way in hell you're ever going to try I would something. Burn it. Yeah, you would burn it immediately. But if it was something I really wanted you to try on, and I actually, because one thing we don't lie to each other, so if I really wanted you to try something on and I hated it, I wouldn't try and like, "Well, he tried it on, so I need to encourage him." Like, yeah. I would still be honest. With the fact that I hated it. But if you tried something on and I thought, wow, this really looks good on him, I know what words to use to make you feel good. Like, babe, you look like your muscles, like it's really tight on your chest and it looks really great or your arms look fantastic. I just want to touch your arms. Like giving you the encouragement that you hear that then makes you go, you know what? Kind of, when we went shopping last time, like it, it felt really good. So using those types of tech, te- tactics and techniques on each other with, with full transparency.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, yeah, it's weird to me that that um, it's like a weird thing for people, but reward things you want to see more of and punish. And that word, I w- if there is a different word, by uh, yeah. all means drop in the yeah. comments, I would love it's, to hear it. But it's like... When you don't want something, A, you need to communicate it. It doesn't have to be mean or cruel or anything. That. Like that is not what I mean by punish. Right. I just mean that you make it very clear that you don't want that again, that you don't want more of that. Um and so for instance, if you have a partner and the partner is um they're mean-spirited about something and or they um God, they're just doing a behavior that is it it doesn't foster the relationship, you need to walk away from it. You need to not do, or you could even do, here's a great example of a punishment. So if you and I were playing video games and, and use I... use a
1: punishment quote unquote. Yeah, quote unquote. Yeah.
0: Well said. So, because I want people to understand this isn't being verbally abusive to somebody. That's I'm not talking about that. Jesus, I'm definitely not talking about spanking or anything like that. Yeah. I'm talking about not where... Not encouraging. Right. Mean. So if, if you and I were playing video games and I were um, verbally abusive or putting you down or saying, you suck, I can't believe like you're holding us back. Okay, that's clearly behavior you would not want to see more of. So you're saying, I'm not going to play with you now because you're not making me feel good about myself. And if I said, I'm so sorry, no, 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 stay. And you said, I get that. And I really hope that that's true, but I'm done playing for today and we'll try again tomorrow or whatever. That would be a meaningful punishment to me where I'd be like, whoa, fuck, I don't want that anymore. I want to make sure that we get to play together and we get that time. It's something important to me. is something meaningful to me. And so when I say quote unquote punishment, that's what I'm talking
1: about. And then the key is then for me not to use it as a, um, like a malicious tool though, right? Like I just want to punish him. So no, I'm not going to play now. Yeah, like now you're getting this such and Yeah. Right. Because, but, but that's the thing. It's like you can't just throw it at people in that way, but we don't. We'll say like, look, you've really hurt me. I totally understand that you didn't mean to, but I actually am a little upset right now. Um, so let's just hold off till tomorrow. And if you can adjust and change, that will be amazing, right? Doing it in a calm way like that. But in a way, it's like, like I need him to know that he really hurt my feelings. Um, making it clear, I think.
0: Definitely making it clear. But let's really dive into what you're saying because it's so, so, so critical. Okay. The thing that's hard to explain that has been, I think, one of the absolute keystones of our relationship and why we're able to have a high functioning relationship, even though we work together and we've been together almost 20 years and is that we're never abusive of the rules. We're never abusive of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So the easiest example to give is we have this saying, um, where it's, um, it's important to me. You say, it's important to me, and the other person is going to drop whatever they're doing, and they're going to do that thing that's important to you. 99 times out of 100, when I say, oh, this is important to me, like, it was actually important to me, like, way earlier Mm -hmm. than I said it, and I let it go as far as I possibly could. And then I'm like, okay, now I have to say this is important to me. but. Each of us, what do we? Two, three things a year, where we're like, "This is important. I need you to do it." It is really rare because we're never abusive of that vulnerability. You say something to somebody in a moment of deep connection, um, where you're really feeling confident, and secure, and so you confess something. We call it giving the keys of the kingdom. Like, "Hey, when I'm in this place, like this is what I'm going through. So help me out." And we've never used those things against each other. So I know your deepest insecurities and it is a part of my personality that if you and I, for whatever reason, we ended up going our separate ways, I would never use those against you. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even (laughs) use those against you if you were using mine against me because it's not who I want to be. Mm -hmm. So having that in a relationship, that's why we can function at a high level because there's no abuse of those powers like in a relationship you're giving a lot of power to the other person to hurt you to demean you like those are always there is like this constant background like well this person could really fuck me up and that's how people have trust issues and not ever betraying that like making it a cornerstone of your own personality that you don't do that Like that is so critical. And it goes all the way from like really damaging emotional shit, like not throwing somebody's insecurities back at them, all the way to something like it's important to me, not abusing that, really letting it go. Another one that's so dangerous, like playing with fucking fire. If you're in a hormonal cycle, and I think that you're acting a certain way because of that hormonal cycle, dude, if I think you're like let's say on a scale of one to 10, at like four or five, I know, wow, this is really not like her. I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna let that shit go until it's like an eight or a nine where I'm like, we passed, I thought this was a hormonal thing, literally 20 like comments ago. And now I'm gonna say something. And with the utmost respect, not in an aggressive way, not trying to demean you or put you down or anything. Like just, hey, I really want to explore, like actually using words like this. I want to explore that maybe Like, this is where you're at. And I'm super open to, I'm not right about this. But keep in mind, I'm saying that when I'm so beyond convinced that, like, that's why I'm bringing it up at that moment. But, like, if you say it the second it occurs to you, well, now you're going to say it some percentage of the time, even if it's only half, of where you're wrong. And they're not there. And you've just misread. You've misinterpreted. And they really do have reason to be saying it like that. Now that undermines your credibility, makes them feel like you're accusing them of something. And it just begins to undermine like the the communication and their sense of how you perceive them, with all that stuff, you have to be super careful. I'm not sure I did a great job of explaining that, but.
1: But when we first started dating, and you would say something like, "Oh, you know, are you? Is it the time of the month or something?" Like immediately, like, you know, are you are using that as an excuse, right? That was my first reaction sure. when you would say, "Oh, it must be the time of the month." I like, no, that's just your excuse of um, saying that I shouldn't be upset. Then it evolved into like, I trust you enough to be able to be sober about whether you think this is out of character for me. And it's hard sometimes for you to see that within yourself, right? Like, especially when all the chemicals in your hormones are telling you to, that what you are feeling is um, in and of itself right. It feels right. So it must be right. So having to let go of um, if it's actually right and trusting you that you can give an honest um, account and then that third step, though, was not just putting then all my faith into you going, well, if you're saying that I'm I'm acting hormonally, then I must be right. That third step for me was like, OK, once now that I've let go and I'm not defensive, I don't just always want to those trust that you're always going to be right. Like I need to have thoughts of my own and think about does this feel right? Like, is he right about it being the time of the month or is what I am thinking and feeling accurate? Because I don't just want to keep dismissing it as the time of the month either. Um, And so that's kind of where I am on that balance of things and saying, okay, well, how much do you think he's right? You trust him. So it's right to you. But do I agree with you? And for me, most of the time is really kind of just taking that time away, like spending an hour or two by myself thinking about it um, and then going back to, okay, is he right or not?
0: has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the key there is isn't whether i end up being right because you may go you know what i'm looking inside myself and it it isn't it's that whether upon reflection, you're like, I get why he thinks that. Yeah. He's wrong and he's right. wrong for these reasons, right. but I get why it seems in this moment out of character. And if a hundred percent of the time you're like, I get why he's thinking that, then you're fine. Mm-hmm. It's when it's like, God, he's he's using that to try to shut me down. Yeah. That's where it becomes a problem. And if you know that my motives are never to shut mm-hmm. you down, they are like, I've let it go as far, as, far as far to where I'm like, there's nothing left for me to say with my ability to understand you. It is the only option i have left yeah. is to vocalize i think that's where we're at now that may be the key that finally gives you the way to explain it to me so oh i can see why i'm wrong mm-hmm. but it's like you know i'm not trying to hurt you with it mm-hmm. you know i'm not trying to shut you down with it and that i'm very open to being wrong if i have simply misread something or not fully understood why that moment has the elevated intensity that it has and that's the key like that like all of this the last 7 minutes has been me trying to get at that that the other person always knows because you act so consistently that you're not trying to hurt them. You're not trying to demean them. You're not trying to shut them down and that you're never abusing a tool that the other person gives you. Mm-hmm. And like, that's super important. Like for instance, the letter that I gave you to read to me when I would get pissed off, you didn't read it every time I got pissed. Mm-hmm. It, In fact, you only had to read it to me one time. And that is the the critical thing is when you lower your defenses to somebody and you open yourself up to them, every moment thereafter is about shaping each other into becoming, because look, almost certainly in the early days, you're going to fuck up and you are in your own moment of weakness going to use something against them in some way, shape, or form. And in those moments, as a couple, you need to stop and have a really, once the emotion has dissipated, mm-hmm. you need to have a really serious conversation about that is an act of like almost criminal offense in the relationship to do something like that. And you have to be really, really careful.
1: Yeah. Um, I I literally could keep going on with this. I don't even know if we actually answered the poor guys thing. Um, so actually, in fact, let's go back to this question because there was one thing that he said that I was like, interesting. Um, I know how much it has impacted my life, but she's seemingly fully content with being average. Oh. I want to know if that's his perspective or she actually said that because- That's
0: his perspective.
1: Yeah. So like, I think they need to have that conversation. Like, it feels like you want to live X type of life. With no judgment though, right? Because again, like if let's say average is a nine to five, does their job, comes home and then goes out, enjoys their food, dinner, time with friends. Let's say that's a um, a typical life, let's say. Um, maybe that's what she wants. And the way he's at least in this saying it is like average is bad. And I think they need to clarify that. I think they need to really sit down and say, "What life are you looking for? What life do you want, and what life do I want because when as time has gone on with me and you, I recognize i it, leave me to my own devices. I would not build a studio like I just wouldn't i wouldn't have like the the way of thinking about it it's not where my my actual let's say um all time goal is i like I want to win an academy Award. Um, but I recognize that in, and it's so grand, that's what you love about it. And I support it. I'm on board, like I'm fucking excited, but I wouldn't do it by myself. You would do it by yourself. And I had to learn that that's okay. That doesn't make me less than you. That doesn't make me weaker than you. That doesn't make me less interesting than you. Um, and I had to kind of look at it. Otherwise, I was always going to compare myself. You're willing to work harder than I am. You're willing to go. I mean, God, not that we're not all in, but, you know, you will work 20 hour days consistently. Um, I just can't do that. And I'm not willing to. So um really figuring out what your limits are, what my limits are, what your dreams are, what my dreams are, and then putting it together. Because now if I'm like, hey, I just want to watch an hour of crappy TV, you don't look at me of like almost discuss like, I can't believe you're not building this studio, working on the studio. It's like, no, you know, that's what she's putting in. And this is what I'm putting in. I don't know if I'm just
0: waddling at this point. Well, let's get really gross now. Um, you're absolutely right. And my favorite quote is from on this subject is from Ray Dalio. And he said, he's the most successful hedge fund, hedge fund manager of all time. And he said, I don't know that my life is better then somebody who just wants a nice, quiet, stress-free yeah. life. I just know it's the only life I could have lived. Why? Right. Now that's not gross. The gross part is if gross. you're with somebody that lives a life that you don't value and you don't want to be with somebody who lives a life that you don't value, that's also not wrong. And so this is you where it that's gets. Gross. I, I think no, no, no. I'm saying this is going to be potentially hard for him to think through. Oh. It may just be that you value two different things. She's not wrong. Right. You're not right. right. But you're right for you, and she's right for you, mm-hmm. and she may be wrong for you. And that's the hard part. It's like if he wants to be with somebody, like now that I've had a partner who, ironically, the same partner was a housewife and that was her pursuit mm-hmm. versus now being fully engaged as an entrepreneur and all that, it I I couldn't go back. Interesting. So I have lived both of those lives and i feel so much more connected to you Mm. and it would be i wouldn't want to go back so that is that's just a reality for
1: me so even if i was just as happy yeah because in the past you've said you wouldn't go back because of my happiness but i don't think you've ever actually said it for that reason
0: yeah i mean look to really be crazy if you were like i'm done with this i want to tap out of course But if I were back in the situation of now I'm having to decide and do I want to, hey, I really connect with this woman, but she's not interested in pursuit and she's Mm -hmm. living the his version of an average life. um, Yeah, I wouldn't pursue that.
1: Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I think that that's one thing that might be missing from this whole thing is um, what type of life does she actually want? And does she know how he feels about that?
0: It's a great point. So I'm going to try to package this up and then we should move on. So in package it up for him to make usable decisions. Mm. So one, decide what you're looking for in a partner Two, decide if, if you really want to try to shape her, I think we've already covered that with the reward and punishment. Um, and then three, you've got to really make a decision about whether you're going to invest in that and go down that road of trying to shape the person Um, because that is, that's a, that's a heavy, heavy commitment and will force you to communicate in the way that you're talking about where everything's got to be communicated. Everything's got to be defined. She has to understand what it is that you value and all of that. And you guys have to have the raw, open, honest, um, talk so that you guys can figure this out because living a life of quiet desperation where you're silently judging her because you secretly Mm want to be with somebody that's more driven. Like that's a nightmare for both of you. That, that is a lose, lose situation. So. Yeah, you're going to have to communicate. If you guys decide that you want to go down that path together, then, you know, we've already talked about how to shape people's behavior. Um, But it, it's it's a very big decision.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big thing is, like, is it a deal breaker? Because I'm extremely happy with her, but I'd just love to be able to grow ourselves together. Like, I understand that. And I think a lot of people that are listening to this get that too. But I think you need to decide, have the conversation. And if they're not willing to um necessarily go down the the rabbit hole of like growth mindset and development and stuff like that you have to ask yourself is it a deal breaker in your relationship yes or no and whatever you decide you can't look back like if it's not a deal breaker then you've got to let go of the fact that she let's say wants to be average you can't hound her and be you know like strong arm her or try and convince her like if she's if this is who she said she is and this is the life she wants you have to ask yourself is it a deal breaker yes or no and then work towards that with complete ferocity but you can't then hold it against them right it's like no I kind of want the nine-to-five it's like what I say all the time about you being an entrepreneur like I can't love the fact that you're driven and you've got massive ambitions and at the same time be resentful that you're not home right like if I accept the fact that you're like this the entrepreneur the hard-working guy then I can't hold anything else against you um I have to accept it and that comes with everything else and so I think that's really what he needs to do. Next question is from Misty Hell Buckley. What do you do when one person feels as if they have changed mentally and emotionally, but the other partner has stayed the same? As in developing to a more enlightened level, but the other person does not have the same want or need in their life. Is it possible for all people to grow together? Or do some people just inevitably grow apart? What do you do when who you are when you met is not who you are now?
0: Yeah. So growing together, I think is if, if both people have a growth mindset, I think that they can absolutely grow together. Um, but I think that wants are like shifting sands. So it becomes like, that is going to change. Everybody's wants and desires are going to change. And it really becomes a question of how important is it to you to be with that person forever? So, For me, I prioritize our relationship. So there's no question there are things that are deal breakers. And if you wanted to go off in some crazy direction or whatever, then, you know, we would have to really think about that. But like, for instance, so that people understand to what extent I mean that. If tomorrow you said, hey, I have a different vision for a company that I want to build, um... It's not like I'd just be like, oh, okay, cool, whatever, go do your own thing. But if we could not come to an agreement on how to build a company together, then we would divide the money that we've allocated to build a company in two, and you would get the full right to go build your own company, and I would go build mine. Now, why is that meaningful? Because I think that that would be suicide. And the likelihood of both businesses surviving is essentially zero. And we would take an already nearly impossible task and exacerbate its difficulty level like a thousand fold, but because I need you to know in no uncertain terms, we are equals in this relationship. And it sounds like relationship death to me to ever give the person any inclination that you think anything other than that, to the marrow of your bones, that I would never make a decision to save the business or otherwise that would damage our marriage. So like, I've played that out in my head a thousand times where you're like, actually, I want to go build this. What do you do? And the answer is, well, you give her half the money. Like that's, just abundantly clear to me now i would try to talk you out of it because from a business perspective i think it's the wrong move but like you need to know and feel that at every turn and i'll ask do you feel that at every turn
1: yeah and i literally was about to say you know in full transparency you know the more i you know do women of impact you did say to me like look if at some point like this the studio doesn't feel right to you and you do want to focus on women of impact be very aware that this is now two companies and we won't be, you know, together every day and what we have now won't exist. Um, but at no point are you ever going to say no and, you know, here's take whatever money, you know, the half of the money. You've actually said that to me. And of course I turned around and was like, look, my biggest, um, not necessarily goal in life, but my biggest enjoyment is working with you is building a, you know, a company together. So, I didn't want to take that option, but you absolutely had said that.
0: So, and I bring that up now just because like that's growing together. That's like, Mm -hmm, how do you mm -hmm. facilitate that? Is the relationship your highest priority? Mm -hmm. If the relationship is both of your highest priorities, then you talk through it. You figure out what your value systems are. What are the things that are most important? For me, it's that one of the values that I hold most high is that both of us feel, feel, not understand intellectually, but feel our equality. So when we set up impact theory, we are 50, 50 partners, which is the ultimate divorce nightmare. And the actual quote that I said to the attorney setting up the company was create the ultimate divorce nightmare, because I'm so committed to the fact that we will never get divorced that this is. And even if we did that, my belief system would kick in and half of this is yours, no matter what happens, no matter if you were, um, you cheated on me, like gross infidelity that, eh, that doesn't change that you helped build everything that we have so it would hurt and i would think you a bad person uh but it wouldn't change how i would view what we
1: built together so and i want to make it clear when you say that we won't get divorced it's not that we would stay in a marriage where we're profoundly unhappy in though correct i want to it say is it is
0: that we have thus far shown that we're able to navigate so that the relationship becomes the brightest most beautiful and amazing thing in our lives yeah um yeah i would never stay in an unhappy marriage because will smith
1: basically in the red table that i brought up a few episodes ago um he said that he he's like oh yeah i I will be completely unhappy but i will never get divorced and that was partly yeah long story but you should watch the interview but i was like that to me seems crazy. Like if I was not happy, I have one life to live and I'm going to do everything in my power to have a great relationship. I'm going to listen to relationship podcasts. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to read books. I'm going to freaking try everything I possibly can to make it work. But if it still doesn't, I'm not going to live my life unhappy. So sorry. No, I mean,
0: I think that's really powerful and I totally agree. Um, so yeah, that if they want to grow together, then here's what you have to do. This is the recipe. One, you're going to have to communicate. Two, you're going to have to define your values so that you know, like what's important to you, what's not, what you're willing to give up, what you're not. Um, because if you don't deal with that ahead of time, you're going to come to a crisis and you're not going to know how to deal with it because you don't know what your value system is. I've already given examples of that in our own life. Um, and then three, you've got to actually put this stuff into practice. So you've got to, like you said, if it's therapy, you need to go to therapy. If it's carving out time every day or every week to sit down and communicate, if it's writing things down and journaling about what your dreams are and where you guys want to mm-hmm. go, what's your mission statement as a couple, like actively doing the things you need to do to make sure that there's ultimate clarity in your relationship, that you're actually moving towards those things that you want. Um, and I'll refer people to the Casper Craven episode that we did um, where he talked about how they're, they were on the verge of divorce. And instead of getting mm-hmm. divorced, they sat down and they wrote a mission statement together of all the, th- actually before it was a mission statement, it was what are all the things that we both love doing? Just intrinsically, we love doing it. And they wrote all this stuff out and they found that 99% of it did not overlap. But there was two things in the middle where it was travel and have amazing family experiences, yeah, if I remember.
1: yeah, right. yeah. And
0: so they decided, okay, well, since 99 things don't overlap and two things do overlap, then we're going to focus on those two things. And they decided to buy a boat and they gave themselves a date because they didn't have the money. So they were going to need to raise the money to buy this boat. And then they were going to structure. He had a business. They were going to structure the business so that he could be away for two years or whatever it was. And they ended up doing it, buying the boat, structuring the company in that way and setting sail. And for two or three years, whatever it ended up being, they sailed around the world with their children and they traveled and had amazing family experiences. And it is this extraordinary like, example of how they go from almost getting divorced, like this last ditch effort to just sitting down and doing the things you Mm. need to do. So allocating time to be together writing a family mission statement so that they knew what exactly it was that they were trying to accomplish, um, writing out the things that they each loved and cared about regardless of what the other person loved and cared about, and then <clears throat> focusing on those areas of overlap because they wanted to stay together. And so that's like how you do this stuff. That's how you structure this. But you have to know what you want. You have to communicate it and you have to be working together. And if you're not doing those three things, you're really in trouble.
1: Yeah, and I think people, they just try to compare Not even, I don't think we even try to, I think it's inevitable, but like you look at the person next to you that's closest to you and you see how rapidly they're changing compared to you. And, you know, it can be hard either way. It can be hard when you see the person next to you, whether it's going to the gym and losing weight, or if it's, you know, developing a growth mindset. If you're seeing the person next to you do really well, like it can really, um, hinder your enthusiasm which then can make you stop so growing together at the same pace I, it it's it's going to be very difficult um i just think you need to emotionally manage whether you're the person ahead of the game or the person behind um having that like sh- family goal and staying strong so that it may take you longer to get there um but it's
0: all about grace and effort grace yeah, and effort. yeah that's and what a nice I mean way of is- putting it The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. If the person is ahead of you, then they need to see that you're putting in the effort. Yeah, Like if you're not putting in the effort to grow and get better, that's a problem. Mm. But if they see that, all right, right now, I'm the one that's ahead, but I really see that they're trying. I really see that they're making effort. Like then you have the grace mm-hmm. to give them that time and space to catch up. And part of grace is knowing inevitably at some point, that's you. At some point, you need grace. Mm. And that's like a big thing. You know, I was talking to one of our employees before the holiday They were really having like this emotional moment because they were afraid that I was going to think that they weren't working hard and which didn't cross my mind, not with this person because they're a fucking beast. But I was like, look, one day I'm going to be in your shoes. I'm going to be the one emotional. I'm going to be struggling. And at that moment, I want your grace so badly that I'm going to, without hesitation or question, extend you grace in those moments where you need it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it really becomes this tit for tat thing where it's like, when when you show empathy, compassion, understanding, grace, all of that, then hopefully the other person feels so good in those moments and so cared for that they will want, like actively want to do the same for you. That's like part of what makes a relationship worth all the compromise is that when my time comes, I will have that moment. And you should like, as the one who's in the lead at that moment, That should be one of the most awesome things is like, rad. I get to show this person how into them I am and how Mm -hmm. much I want to like buoy them and help them feel good and feel better about themselves. And like those moments to me are some of the most fun. When you get to be the one giving grace, when you could Mm -hmm. be -hmm. demanding and be like, yo, I'm in the lead here. I'm making more money or I'm, you know, the one that's really got their head screwed on tight. But those are the moments where you most need to be extending that hand, helping them back up, and like relishing that you're confident enough to want to build the other person up. Because being in the lead feels rad. But if you take advantage of that and you just wanna stay in the lead, it's like one of the greatest things I ever heard about leaders. Leaders create other leaders. Mm -hmm. They don't just reign over people. They create other leaders, which means you have to be open to following. And when you can be in a leadership position, and this has been my story as a CEO, has been coming from the bottom, being like the employee that nobody expected anything from, becoming one of the owners in the company, working my way all the way up to being the CEO of my own company, and in that moment, trying to distribute power to other people so they could feel good, so they could rise up, not lording it over people, and only with the most judicious use. Because look, I'm not afraid to make a decision at the end of the day I have to lead, But only stepping into that and doing that when I feel that the safety of the company is on the line. Yeah. And if people can do that in their relationship, want other people to rise up, not be afraid to follow, mm. not be afraid to lead either, but not be afraid to follow, mm-hmm. then beautiful things happen.
1: Because it's going to rotate throughout that relationship, t- depending on certain situations. Like you said, there's going to be moments where you need someone to lead or, you know, or you need to follow. But like the one thing that this actually also, which I hear a lot, and for some reason it just really hit me just now, is like, you know, when you inevitably, will some people inevitably grow apart? And it's interesting how we all do see things as, like, it just happens. Like, it, ne- it never just happens, right? If you're always communicating about your wants, your desires, your your pain, your pain points in your life, the things that are stressing you out. Like, unless you're always communicating that, um, eventually you will grow apart. But it never happens overnight. So if you're aware that um, that type of thing can happen, how often do you check in with your partner? Right? Like, it needs to be weekly for sure. Um, and if for whatever reason it can't be weekly because, you know, you've got kids or you've got business or whatever, then make it a point to do it every two weeks or every three weeks because I refuse. And I remember thinking this when someone person like, Oh, you're not the person I want to use. Like, thank the Lord I'm not. It just made me realize, wow, we really do all grow in little ways every day. And it's like a, um, a kid growing up, right? If you don't see a kid for two years, you're like, oh, my God, you've changed so much visually. But if you see an adult and you, ha- or you haven't seen those people for two years and you see them again, there's no visual element to see their change. So you don't necessarily think of them having changed. And I think that's what happens in relationships. You just see each other every day. You don't necessarily communicate. You don't have those discussions. And before you know it, two years have passed, and they've actually em- emotionally changed. Um, but you haven't seen it coming. So now they seem like a completely different person.
0: Yeah. God, this is an almost endless question of things that we could touch on. Um, but you've got to value change. You've got to want to see your partner grow. They've got a value change in you. They've got to want to see you grow. You've got to communicate the ways in which you're growing. Well, you've got to communicate the ways in which you're not. So, um, Mm -hmm. both of us have had to pull the other person aside and say you're hardening too much. And like, because you've said that to me, I'm like hyper vigilant for that in my own personality. And seeing like little changes in myself where it's like, whoa, I am like, I'm getting too, um, tough, too, um, stoic, but not in like the cool stoic philosophy way into like not showing emotion, always being, you know, um, it's not that you're being too even keel, but like that you're, you're leaning too much on your ability to, to gut check and muscle your way through something. And they're the, at least for us, that has come at the cost of playfulness, Mm. which is something that we value. And so being willing to say that to your partner and also just being willing to communicate things that you enjoy, that you like, even if you're um, not secure about them, you think that maybe you shouldn't be into it like video games. For a long time, I was like worried that like, I wasn't working hard enough if I was playing video games or oh, i think of you as like a kid right but i was just like oh fuck it yeah i like him i like playing and then us doing that together has ended up being something really special but you have to like own who you are own what you want communicate it um, be open to feedback and seeing that none of us change and grow in the the always the best ways possible. Like you're changing, you're growing in a hundred different dimensions mm -hmm. and some of the changes are bad and some of the changes are good. Some of them may help you in one way, like toughening up really helped me in business. But then there were elements of it that did not help me in my marriage. And so like being open and not just being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like I've had to do this. Like, don't you love this house that we're in? You know what I mean? And responding like that being like, whoa, okay, well maybe there's an element here that I haven't seen. And that, like, that's another thing, like, really getting into what's made us successful. It's in the moments of deepest pride over a change that I've made to myself, like toughening up, which was, like, really a source for me of, like, whoa, I've come a long way from, like, the soft guy who was lazy and terrified of confrontation and all that. And then you being like, yeah, but now it's gone too far. The thing that I'm like most proud of. Right. And then to, in that moment, be like, oh shit, like maybe there's an element here that I'm not seeing and I need to be open to that as well. And I forget the study, but there was like, the people that are successful, like one of the things that they do is they can hold two competing ideas in their head at the Mm. same time. So this thing, like toughening up, is like the thing that's made me powerful and helped me grow. Oh, but by the way, it's also the thing that's potentially going to fuck up your relationship. And so now you need to be able to do both.
1: And as the wife who saw that in you, I knew, okay, you were proud of it. Like it's brought you to where you are now. So to just like diminish it or say, you know, I can't believe who you are now, like that won't help because you're proud of it. But at the same time, it's not making me feel good because you're bringing that into, let's say the home environment. And so I remember thinking, how do I approach this, right? It has to be a moment where you're not stressed. It has to be a moment where I can like kind of look at your vibe and be like, are you open to talking? Because you've got to want to, it being be in a talking mood because if you don't, then that's a bad time to mention it. Um, and then also another thing that I had reminded myself before that was don't go into it like I'm attacking him, right? It needs to be, this is why it's bad for us as a couple. And there needs to be no like, aggression so I remember saying to you like I love you so much and one thing when we first met I can't remember these were the exact words but it's pretty much on point when we first met like I loved how like you you're very sweet and you know you make me feel a certain way but recently I get it because you're under a lot of stress because these things are happening in the company in our life I understand why you are like this but I'm feeling like I'm not connecting with you as much anymore because when I do, you bring a certain aggression to the table and that doesn't make me feel good. That doesn't make me feel loved. That doesn't make me feel connected to you. I understand why, but we need to do something about it, right? So, and that's how I approach it. It's like breaking it down, not being aggressive, not being um, like you need to change, understanding it from your perspective, but saying why doesn't work for me or why that doesn't work for us in our relationship. Um, And so I think that part paired with the fact that you're so willing to hold two competing ideas in your head, that we we're able to maneuver and work through that and you realizing and us over time, you know, and th- then even that it's almost like, then we start to go into kind of training mode, right? Where it's like, I then try to show you, oh, see see that tone that you just used? That's the tone that I mean. But I don't say like, that's what I mean. I'm like, oh, you see how you said that word? That actually is the word that stung me. Or that's the way that you said it just now. That's what I was talking about the other day. Kind of just giving an examples and vice versa. I mean, I've done that too. (sighs) Um,
0: Yeah, and just to really contradict something we said earlier for those that really want the advanced class, not being punitive with stuff like that. Like... While punishment has its place, you have to be so fucking careful with it. And something like that, where you're trying to point something out where you think that they can improve, like you said, it's not like, that's exactly it. See, you're doing it right there. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. It's like, you've got to want them to win. And the other person who, the one that has to change has to want the other person to get the partner that they deserve and want to be, mm-hmm. right? Like you've got to want that for them as well. And so it's like, whoa, if I'm doing something that is, even if it's helping me with something else, but it's diminishing their sense of self or the connection or whatever, like you've got to want to make that change.
1: And then do that almost change together? Like I would say you know, what is it that you need? To, do you need that time to transition from a business to speaking to me as your wife? And if so, like, if it's hard for you to, because we work in our house, if it's hard for me to go from one room to another, because for me, the rooms are what help me mm. mentally separate things. Like once I'm in the bedroom and you turn to me for work, I kind of give you a dirty look. So I'm like, I'm in my sanctuary room. All right. <laughs> oh, bit of a stinking eye. Um, do I say that? the stinky eye um so yeah so for me it's space right it's once we're in the bedroom please don't talk to me about work um and but for you it's not so what is that thing for you and understanding like okay so if you've just come out from a meeting and then you're talking to me your mind is still in that mode all right babe so do you need me to give you 30 minutes space right? From the last meeting that you've had to when we're hanging out, like we get that specific of what does that person need? And as the partner who wants to see you succeed, how can I help you get there? Um, and that we, we do that both ways, right? We did that with my sickness, with my health situation. We were in it together with my growth, with your growth, like everything we do, we try to team up and help each other versus like, yeah, you need to work on that attitude. It like, doesn't help. Church church all that's right. it i think that is it <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: guys yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us always always meaningful and if we're adding value if you could rate and review on itunes or your podcast app of choice that would be
1: huge That'd be. we've really... got a goal
0: we're trying to crack that top 100 podcast all across itunes it would be amazingly helpful yeah if you would do that
1: really thank you so much and um just also trying to crack my own, crack my own social Word. at Lisa Bilyeu on Instagram and at women of impact. If you guys want to get on that uh, female empowerment stuff and then also um, at Tom Bilyeu, which I guess is where people are listening to this in a way, impact theory. But Indeed. All, All right,
0: right. Guys, thank you so much. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be a legendary. Yes, us. Wow. The Greek. Yes, us.